Christ Church West Shore presents Knots Untied with Gene Sherman and Zach Jones. Today's topic, Pandemic Discipleship. Hello, my friends. This is Gene Sherman. And this is Zach Jones. And welcome to Knots Untied. And we want to thank you all for your support for last week's episode on racial reconciliation and just pray that uh, we continue to befriend and listen and encourage our black brothers and sisters as well as the black community uh, during this time for we all know that it's under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ where true racial reconciliation will happen in our culture. So uh, just thank you all for doing it. And this week we thought because we're all still working at home, many of us, Many of us are still just struggling. We, we don't. We're not necessarily even able to get to church yet, or yeah. whatever it might be. How can I be a Christian faithfully during this time where the options are limited to to really be out and about and serve others as well? Mm-hmm. What can I do? And so Zach and I thought we would talk about pandemic discipleship today. Yeah, no, I think that this is an important uh, conversation to have because really it's not just one issue anymore. You know, it, it seemed like the pandemic was bad enough and then really the racial tension that um, never really disappeared. It's just that with the recent um, deaths of Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. and Amud Arbery and uh, George Floyd, I just revealed to those of us who don't have to deal with this every day what the black community has been dealing with nonstop for right. generations. Um, and so you have these two different tense uh, issues in our society, these things that are causing a lot of unrest, a lot of confusion. And we're wondering what will happen next and what will this, what will America look like, you know, in the next six months to a year, to five years, and how will this change the conversation? And then for us, how does it change how we worship? You know, what came to mind to me when we first started having to um, isolate was the concept, you know, in Hebrews uh, 10, 24, 25, where it says, uh, um, not to neglect to meet together as the habit of some, but to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And, you know, we want to take that seriously and all at the same time realize if I meet together with these senior uh, citizens, with the very vulnerable among us right now, I could kill them (laughs) right and so looking at that from the context of how in a pandemic do we continue to meet together how in a pandemic do we continue to disciple one another because that's really the point here right to encourage one another and to prepare for what the writer of hebrews calls the day which is drawing near when christ does come again right it's a conversation that needs to be had it is a conversation to be had because we're starting to come back to the community um and Every uh, every act we do has a calculated risk. Yeah. I mean, I could get run over by a truck, you know, going yeah. home today. And so, first of all, it, it starts with our own faithfulness to the Lord and our own personal reading of the Scripture and personal times of prayer. Yeah. And... You know, I know many of us are, are still at home. I, I know many of us are are still, you know, Zoom meetings literally all day long. Yep. I want to encourage our, our Christchurch friends to consider you need 
time by yourself with the Lord who loves you with an everlasting love. And that comes experientially through your time with the Lord in the Word and in prayer. And using the instruments of our daily offices, perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, just morning and evening, uh, uh, morning and midday, joining us at midday is a good pattern. Whatever it might be, and and Bible reading plans abound, and I, I know people hear me say these things, but uh, th- there's a reason why we're called to remain in the Word, because as we do so, we find our hearts softened to the reality and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, and two, we find ourselves more sensitive to His leanings throughout the day, and so... Go. Don't worry about perfection. Don't worry about uh, doing it right. Your heavenly Father knows what you need before you pray. Yeah. Go to Him as such. Open up the words and start in the Gospels. If you if you if, if you've fallen off the wagon and your Bible Bible reading, you want to get yeah. back up. Just start with Mark. Yeah. You know, start reading a chapter a day, and then. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Uh, Lord, show me your glory. And it's from there we then lead our spouse and our children. You know, once yeah. you talk about that. No, no that's an, an important segue because there's like the personal time in God's Word and in prayer and really in using the tools that are beneficial to facilitate that, like the daily offices, which you can find in your prayer book. Um, That's important for my personal journey, but it's bigger than that. And the Christian life is bigger than that. So uh, I'm glad that um, you brought that up because I was going to, this would be my question was, we get past this personal devotion point and then the question becomes, well, what does it mean though to be a disciple? What does it mean to make disciples? Right. Right, and because um, that is our our mission statement, friend. Disciples making disciples, yeah. and it starts at home, like you right. were getting at. Right, um, and it, you know, like ideally, the parental unit, um, and the husband as the spiritual head would take initiative mm-hmm. to disciple the family, but pastorally, in a nuanced kind of way, uh, I, I would put the impetus on the person um, who has been convicted by the Holy Spirit in that household. Let's say that you haven't as a family, been doing family worship or engaging in discipleship, if you feel convicted to begin that uh, in your family, then begin it and initiate that and encourage it. And if you're a, a kid and you're the one that feels convicted, go to your parents and say, you know what? You want to let me skip a meal, don't let me skip a spiritual meal. Disciple right. me. You right. can ask for it. Um, but it really just comes down to finding a consistent way that is sustainable to engage with your family uh, in the Word of God and in growing in the faith. Thanks for saying that. You know, and again, that's why I shared at the end of the sermon this week, which hasn't been uploaded yet. Sorry, folks. We are our own technical staff here. (laughs) Um, For those of you who weren't able to be there or you didn't catch it on Sunday, we ended up with the story of Chuck Swindoll's dad, Mm -hmm. who literally sat the, the family down and said, all right, I haven't done it right or well up to this point. We're going to start over. I don't care whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 
or 98, who's our oldest parishioner at this time, uh, our, our beloved Ray Salmi. Uh, you know, friends, just to, to look our kids in the eyes and say, you know what, I made some mistakes, I got some regrets. Uh, we're going to do it God's way. Yeah. We're going to do it God's way from here on. And we're going to take your questions. We're going to go to the Lord, you know, because it's a, it's a discipling faith, which means discipline and educational. Yeah, It's one absolutely. we can ask questions. Mm-hmm. God can take our questions to ask with a sincere heart, yeah. to know him and to follow him. And I think there's no better time than this time of your kids aren't going to ball games. Well, no. some of they just started up. Oh, yeah, you know, sure. Some of them are in soccer games and what have you. Uh, but the pools are closed. Yeah. Yes, we're having to still work, but we have some extra time, which perhaps we didn't yeah. have before, which I think we, as a community, we can take advantage of. Absolutely. Um, shameless uh, self-promotion here. I'm, we're finishing an article for uh, Anglican Compass to put out about this. Um, and one of the things that uh, I referenced in there that I thought would be appropriate for today is... Just like in terms of like how do you structure this, you know, um, it's important to understand that part of this like is in terms of is a intellectual, right? There is a cerebral part. There's an emotional part. And those things can happen through a simple, steady diet of scripture, discussion of the scripture and prayer. Right. Just right. do that every day. Right. And there are tools for you, like the family prayer sections in the prayer book. Right. But it then goes beyond that to how. Does it get from the head to the heart to the hand? Right. And saying, like, I have a right belief. I have a right love. But now I need to take right action. Right. right. So I think it's orthodoxy, orthopathy, and orthopraxy. Praxy. Practice. Right? So we, we practice what we preach. We practice what we teach our children. And, and that's the idea of discipleship is that holistic faith, right? The kind of faith that because it is all-encompassing in your worldview and therefore also your affections, that it results in action, right? Right. And sometimes those things are disconnected, right? Sometimes what it means is you say, hey, you know, like, I, I know that your heart necess- might not necessarily be in it right now, right. but That's... we're going to keep praying, reading right. scripture, and we're going to keep serving and loving our community because sometimes it is in those disciplines that our affections are stirred up. And, right. and that's part of the discipleship. We're trying to connect those three, understanding that we are um, depraved, imperfect people, and sometimes there are those disconnections. And that's that's kind of our point, yeah, uh, brothers and sisters, is that we're talking about there's days when your affections don't feel like it. There's yeah. days, but, you know, we tell our kids they got to go to school and they don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. We tell our kids they got to go to practice and they don't feel like it. Yeah. Because it's mid-season. It was real fun at the beginning of the season, but now mid-season, late season, they don't want to go to practice. Yeah. Um, it's very similar discipline in the Christian faith that I don't feel like growing in the Lord. And it was Jonathan Edwards who spoke about the affections, Christian affections. Yeah. And when you truly come to faith in Jesus Christ, you find your affections changed. Yeah. And there's a desire to follow him. You know, the psalm that I read this morning, it was Psalm, oh, it was it was the 23rd of the month, and it was June, so I think it was Psalm 111 or something like that. 
I the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> was was the point. And fear isn't merely being scared. It's understanding who I am before a holy God. Yeah. Right positioning. <laughs> and a, a right yeah. positioning. It's understanding. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. I got nothing before you because you're my creator. You, you, and yet he loved me. That's, that's the, the tension that we have in the Christian life and the sense of I'm not worthy of it, yet he counts me worthy because I've placed my trust in Christ. And that changes my affections. It does. Because I know there's some yeah. people probably listening to this and saying, whatever, Gene, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, um, our affections are inconsistent. Right. Because sanctification, it's like a, a really bad, uh, what is that thing that measures hearts, um, heartbeats at the, church, at the hospital? Uh, you know what I'm talking the, about? The blood pressure, the cuff? The one, the one that like kind of has like the... EKG. Beat, an EKG. You know, it's like... A really bad right. um, the heartbeat on an EKG right. versus like up and down and not so steady all the time. And even Paul admits this when he says, what I want to do, I do not do. But what I do not want to do, I keep on doing. You know, right. like this grappling. And so if you're wrestling with it and that convicts you, then I would want to encourage you to say, continue to be in the habit of prayer and scripture reading. Because if you're convicted by it, then that's a good thing. You know, if you're completely ambivalent, uh, that's a bad thing. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you do, are not a Christian, but it does mean that there's a heart issue that, that needs examined. Um, you know, I get that we have imperfect days, and there's grace for that. But, you know, like, there's grace for, like, when you jump in a puddle, too, but you don't just stay in the puddle. You get out of it so your socks don't get wet, you know? Right. Same thing here. Be actively um, in the disciplines that can help grow your faith, being aware of, I know that I'm not perfect. I know I'm going to miss a day of morning or evening prayer. Right. You know, right. But I'm going to keep pushing forward. Right. And I'm, and I am convicted by the fact that I do not have an affection for the Lord right, right. now. Yeah. So I'm saved by grace and therefore I'm sanctified by grace That's as right. well. That the sanctification being be set apart for the glory of the Lord That's right. as his child. Yeah. Now, we've been speaking about the personal walk and then help leading our families in that. Well, then then it extends to the family of God, yeah. right? What can I do now, Coming, beginning to come out of this? What can I do to participate with God's family? And am I a legitimate follower of Christ if I don't participate in that family? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we just... Uh, kind of answer that question from Hebrews earlier on is that we are not to neglect to meet together. So if you can't physically meet together, but other ways are available to you, you take advantage of those ways. And what were we doing and what were our little churches, which is like how we organize our small groups and ministries at Christ churches. We have them as communities that exist in life together and love their communities. What they've been doing is like calling the vulnerable calling and checking in on members of the church, um, finding ways. Some of them even like have gone and helped done yard work outside of the homes of the vulnerable without going inside and, and touching right. them, so not putting them at risk. So right. yeah, I, I think that those are just ways that we have been doing it here at Christ Church, and they're great ways. Right. Be creative. So it's, it's serving in ministry as well as 
participating in corporate worship, be it you're not ready to go out in a confined space with a mask on yeah. uh, on Sundays or Thursday nights. But I really want to encourage people, especially uh, the families. We've started the Thursday night service, and I've been wanting to do this for several years, is have the Thursday evening prayer with communion. Mm-hmm. The reason it's evening prayer, my friends, is that it's shorter. Um, there's It's less verbose. A service yeah. than the typical communion services, it flows quicker, and because we've got to keep the sermon tighter because of, of the online presence, because yeah. people fall asleep <laughs> in their PJs on Sunday morning. Uh, it's the same sermon on Thursdays as it is on Sundays. So if you know you've got a, a travel baseball game, travel soccer game, you're out of town for the weekend. You can still come and be encouraged as a child of God, fed as a child of God, participate in the Lord's table as a child of God on Thursday evening. Yeah. And so consider that, my friends, and be part of it with us because we're trying to do everything we can to help people know, love, and to serve together as God's people. And then we're out in the community. That's right. With the message of uh, repentance and remission of sins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, this is the time of year new neighbors are moving in. I want to encourage people to, to go out and meet their new neighbors and just be friends. Invite them over for your uh, fire pit, whatever you do, your cookouts yeah. and things like that. Get to know them. Uh, and. Right. Ask questions. That's the easiest way we do evangelism is asking yeah. questions. That's interesting. How did you reach that conclusion? What have you? Keep it off of politics. Yeah. You know, especially <laughs> in an election year. Uh, you know, look, political convictions are fine. Nothing's yeah, wrong absolutely. with that. But as, as a community, we've been praying for two years now that our hopes for heaven would be outstretched by our political hopes. Yeah. And You know, it's funny. I think it would be over complicate our outreach sometimes because like what you said is just like the it's so simple and i think that sometimes um people are like concerned when it's simple because like well simple and their mind maybe not might not mean effective right but the reality is like it is simple and in the context of those simple and real relationships right ministry is most effective right you know the footwork you can have a great program like, and the great opportunities available that, that like Gene and I facilitate or something. But it is in the context of your actual relationships that real movement happens. Because it's with the friendship. You know, that, now that can happen, and these other things too, and those things are important. But there's the, like that earning of rapport and trust. Right. And a real friendship, no agenda, just a real friendship relationship that opens the door for those conversations. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I want to encourage the congregation for the rest of the summer. Uh, we're going to be talking about through the prophet Habakkuk uh, having faith in troubled times, yeah. <laughs> and the questions that Habakkuk's throwing up to the Lord this Sunday and thir- you know Thursday night is how long? What's it going to take for you to move, God? What's it going to take for you to fix this? Um, are the same questions many of us are asking at yeah. times. And so we're going to deal with that 
you know, for most of July going into August, and then we're going to have our graduate Sunday, August 2nd. Then we're going to talk about, okay, we need to be, have wisdom as we're going into to the fall because we're going to be reaching out to our friends come Christmas Eve. Yeah. So we have wisdom and then how belief is formed through the, the study of Naaman and how Naaman the Syrian really comes to faith in Christ or in the Lord. Yeah. And then on kickoff Sunday this year, my friends, we're going to begin uh, the Gospel of John but every little church, I'm going to be asking to do Becky Pippert's Rediscovering the Life of Jesus. And we're all going to do this as all the little churches gather together to do the same questions coming off the sermon on Sunday that Zach and I will be preaching. Yeah. And the, what will be happening is we're equipping ourselves and you when you're having these conversations with your new neighbors, when you're befriending them and you're being a friend and you start to talk about the Lord, and you you learn to, and we'll have a workshop on asking questions and how you can guide this conversation to, well, why don't you come with me to a discovery of, of uh, who the real Jesus is, yeah. you know? And and you read through Becky Pippert's book, uh, which is the seven sessions, you will be equipped and be able to do that. So uh, then come Christmas Eve, you you invite them. To come, they come, they get really interested in the real Jesus, and then after Christmas, you can walk them through John yourself. And can you, we've been given a charge by Bishop Minns when I was placed here in 2007 that each one of us reach one person with the gospel in three years. <laughs> that hasn't happened. <laughs> now, we've reached people with the gospel. We sure. have. Yeah. But um, given the culture of a slide into secularism, which has affected the church, we've seen uh, a greater inconsistency in the Christian church. This isn't a Christ church issue. It's, it's, a, it's a Christian church That's issue. Right, yeah. And so I want to encourage, if you're within the sound of our voices, you know, hey, come with us. We love you. Come on back mm-hmm. if you've been away for a while. Um, but at the same time, we're going to equip you. We're going to help you and yeah. to have a thriving ministry using your gifts because I can't go where you are. Yeah. I don't have the street cred that you have among your friends in your neighborhood. Yeah. You know, Definitely. your address is the greatest evangelism tool God has. Yeah. And where you live and then your address where you work and then your address where you hang, where you play and what have you. And so it's it's not your father's church. No, things are changing. Things have changed dramatically. And it's interesting looking at the UK and our friends over there, they're coming out of secularism and we're still sliding into it. Yeah. And they still, they see over there the damages of secularism. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because we were talking about this yesterday, uh, Gene, and one of the things, one of the benefits of leaving secularism and going into post-secularism, um, which unfortunately that's not where we're at right now. Um, there are glimpses. You can tell that secularism is dying, and what is beginning to come to life instead is what you see in the UK, which is post-secularism. And the the idea that there is a there is truth, um, you know, there's got to be truth out there. There's not like this. There's no longer a hatred necessarily toward 
other opinions and other worldviews, but there right. is um, a wariness of it and, and an idea that there is a truth, but it's my truth and your truth, and there is still an objective truth, though, in there. And that's the inconsistency of that post-secularism. Right, right. You can say all at once, racism is bad, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, loving your neighbor by wearing a mask is good, which it is. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the, well, where did you get that idea from, that this is good or this is bad? And there isn't really an answer outside of a, I just feel that this is good. Right. Or this is bad. Right. But if you are equipped by being knowledgeable of God's word and knowing how to dialogue effectively and constructively, then those are great conversations that you can have. And they can happen in America. You don't have to go to the UK to have those conversations. Right. happening here now. Right. And that's a way to disciple. Well, people are incredibly open as you are a friend. And even when you disagree, you treat them as an image bearer. Yeah. I mean, and, and so... It really comes full circle for us in that respect. So we close with that, my friends. It's so great that you joined us today. And we just want to encourage you this this upcoming week, Thursday night, 730 at Anchor Church. We have our Thursday night service. We're beginning our new series of having faith in troubling times. And uh, then Sunday morning at 745 a.m. or 930 a.m. or 1115 a.m., wear a mask. You know, we know it's not comfortable, but uh, it's so good to see everyone again. And there's room for you. And and if you're still uncomfortable, we are going to live stream it. I'm uh, still f- trying to figure out why YouTube's not working, mm. but uh, we're reaching out to su- technical support for yeah. that. But we just want to encourage you to come and join. So you're a personal disciple. You're fellowshipping with the people of God. And you're and being encouraged, mm-hmm. you know, not judged, encouraged. And three, we're on mission together. So I close in these words of our Knots Untied uh, hero, J.C. Rao, who talks about that ministry that we all have from Luke 24, 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He writes... He that desires to be a true Christian must experimentally be acquainted with repentance and remission of sins. These are the principal things in saving religion. To belong to a pure church, to hear the gospel, receive the sacraments are great privileges, but are we converted? Are we justified? If not, we're dead before God. He's very direct. Happy is that Christian who keeps these two points continually before his eyes. Repentance and remission are not merely elementary truths and milk for babes. The highest standard of sanctity is nothing more than a continual growth in the practical knowledge of these two points. The brightest saint is the man who has the most heart-searching sense of his own sinfulness and the liveliest sense of his own complete acceptance in Christ. So, my friends, that's our message, and those are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, many of them don't understand that beauty of being accepted in Christ, and we're the ones to take it to them. So, it's great to be with you today. God bless you all, and we'll see you on Sunday, God uh, yeah. willing. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Knots Untied. If anything you've heard today sparks a thought or question, we'd love to hear from you. 
please reach out to me, Gene Sherman, at gsherman at ChristChurchWestShore.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for community updates on Christchurch West Shore. God bless.